Hello, I'm Ramey. And this is Dakota. And you're listening to Leveling Duo, the podcast where two good friends talk about video games well, they might have played in the past or they're playing now or they're looking forward to, but it's video games in general that's really made us happy or hopefully will make us happy. Yeah, it can be games from the good old days or from present days or yeah. future days. <laughs> I talked about Starfield before it came out. Dakota, it's your turn. What are we talking about? Well, I figured uh, I'd give talking about Chrono Trigger a try. It's a game I've heard a lot about but never tried. Yeah, it's classic uh, JRPG. Released in the mid-90s, uh, originally on the Super Nintendo console, but has been re-released on PlayStation and the Nintendo DS. Oh, I did not know that. I always thought it was just on PlayStation, to be honest. Now, uh, it is the first in a trilogy of the Chrono games. First one being Chrono Trigger, then Chrono Cross, and uh, Chrono Break. I always just hear about the Chrono Trigger, not the others. Yeah, Chrono Trigger... Chrono Cross and Chrono Break. Though the only one that I have any like experience with playing has been uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. This game I found to be pretty fun. Kind of classic back in the day. Uh, two-dimensional RPG. Explore the world. Save the world. Travel around. Pick up different party members along the way. Each of them, you know, having their unique items that they can equip. Different kinds of weapons. Elements things of that nature. The game itself uh, was kind of like, one of the reasons why I feel like it's uh, revered as much as it is is because of the original developers that worked on it. Kind of a dream team, uh, if you would. You've got, uh, and forgive me if I mispronounce these names, uh, Hironobu uh, Sakaguchi, uh, creator of Final Fantasy, Yuji Hori, creator of Dragon Quest, and Akira Toriyama, creator of Dragon Ball and character designer of Dragon Quest. Okay, I have heard of all those people, which is rare. And uh, some other notable names uh, along with that are uh, Takashi uh, Dokita, co-directed the game, co-wrote the scenario, uh, Kazuhiko, uh, Kazuhiko uh, Aoki produced the game, uh, Masato Kato wrote most of the story, and then the composer... Yasunori Mitsuda wrote most of the soundtrack uh, before he fell ill and then uh, deferred the remaining music to the Final Fantasy composer uh, Nobu uh, Umatsu. Those are names I don't recognize as much. All pretty big names. Like, they were big, but not as big as they are now, yeah. per se. It was uh, produced by... Uh, Squaresoft, uh, known now as just simply Square, and is uh, primarily a single-player game. However, uh, according to what I'm uh, seeing here, uh, it was a uh, added a multiplayer function on the DS version. Ah, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, it was uh, considered, and I'm uh, getting this off of a Wikipedia article. So, uh, listeners, take that for what you will. It was uh, rated in Nintendo Power magazine as a revolutionary game, including multiple endings, plot-related side quests that focused on character development, a somewhat unique battle system, and, uh, for the time, detailed graphics. Considering the age, people might be underwhelmed now, but it was good-looking at the time. And they don't age badly if it's in a certain art style. As of 2018, apparently it has sold uh, approximately 3.5 million copies worldwide. That is doing pretty good. And its official release was in 1995. I can tell you now that it is, if nowhere else, available on Steam, so you can find it there. 
Uh, well, there's uh, multiple platforms. Uh, original Super Nintendo, PlayStation, Nintendo DS. Then uh, there's also versions for uh, iOS, Android, and Windows. Okay. So it is a lot of places. I, look, I searched it, and it just showed up on Steam and a lot of used copies for like $299. If you want the OG experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, 299 if you want DK Oldies. You might have seen them on YouTube. Austin mm. Evans does a bunch of stuff. Then Amazon for $259 on the DS. <laughs> yeah. I would go with one of the digital copies on Steam or iOS or Android. Well, it's definitely a game that I highly recommend for anyone to play, especially if you are a RPG fan, if you've never... A JRPG fan. Well, I mean, just RPG in general, but it you know definitely would be a nice introduction to JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of took a little bit more of an uh, innovative approach. I don't know. I feel like uh, JRPGs in general kind of get like a bad rep. Uh, for I don't help being... that none. I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I mean, they're not for everybody. I say that's not for me. I don't blame it on them. Just with a lot of JRPGs, it's kind of like a rinse and repeat of the same kind of story points, same kind of mechanics, unless you just have like a different game in general. However, I feel like that argument could be made for any successful franchise. Like, if they release more games related, I mean, look, look at your Call of Duties. Oh, good. Modern Warfare's. Not trying to, you know, compare necessarily apples to oranges, but just the concept of if it works and people like it and they'll spend money to get it. They're going to keep doing it. Exactly. Like, why tweak something that doesn't need to be tweaked? However, it did kind of add some different concepts, I guess you could say, to gameplay in general at the time. That was a little bit revolutionary, or I would just say new. (laughs) Like, uh, with a lot of... RPGs, JRPGs, uh, usually whenever you encounter an enemy, uh, usually you would be transported to like a combat zone where combat would take place, and then when the battle was over, you would be transported back to where you were at before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas in uh, Chrono Trigger, uh, combat takes place in the real world uh, area that you actually encounter the enemies. So there was no alternate battle screen or anything or battle area different from older jrpgs i Um, mean the ones i know of dragon quest and stuff like that a lot of your uh main travel was uh in the overworld map uh which was what you were kind of like used to do the majority of your bulk travel again all two-dimensional uh then you when you would go to more specific areas like towns cities castles dungeons uh, it would be shrunk down to a more like uh, realistic sized version mm-hmm. of the map and have everything that you could interact with from NPCs, items, switches, solve puzzles, things of that nature. So it has a, uh, a big healthy dose of the standard JRPG formula as well. Well, one of the big things that actually made it different from most uh, standard JRPGs of back in the day was its combat system where uh, random encounters were kind of not really so much a thing anymore as uh, most of all enemies that you uh, could fight and encounter were openly visible on the map. And uh, physically touching them would be what would initiate combat. So sometimes you could even like skip by areas entirely if you were just able to avoid the uh, enemy. Yeah. Whereas uh, in most classic ones, typically you saw no enemies. Like think uh, classic Pokemon. You know, you just walked around the tall grass, and then all of a sudden, like, your screen would go off, it'd flash, and then you'd go, and there'd, there'd be a Pokemon. Yeah. 
that lovely music it never gets forgotten yes now uh again like with most uh, classic rpgs uh your players and enemies uh use physical or magical or both uh attacks and abilities to uh operate during battle uh you have the ability to access items uh from an inventory that you have access to uh during battle to you know Utilize different things for different effects, whether it be cure status ailments, heal hit points. And then, of course, you know, like, you have, like, your classic uh, health bar, magic bar, and then you kind of have, like, a, kind of like a limit breaker uh, for your Final Fantasy fans out there, uh, bar to fill. Over time, uh, there's a, a special bar for each character that will fill up that allows them to uh, utilize a special attack, which usually has uh, either extra damage or some sort of like special area of effect. Yeah. A uh, classic one I would have would be uh, a healing one. Because uh, early on, the princess is your first character that gets the ability to heal, and then when you get access to the robot, uh, he also has a healing ability. However, uh, with either one of them, if you uh, have them do a combo a special move with the main hero. Uh, Their healing ability, rather than only being able to target one person, targets the entire party. Essentially, like, the main thing when it comes to making, uh, like, combo moves with the characters is when you have, like, uh, a strong move that one character can do that typically only can target one, but by doing it with, uh, in conjunction with a move from another character, it combines into something that affects, uh, typically, just a greater range of people i'm okay with the genre enough to understand what you're saying a little bit <laughs> sorry no it's okay um I, I know what you're trying to say i just don't realize how it's huge difference um from others does that yeah. make sense oh i gotcha i guess just like looking at it from like a, a general sense because like I'm, I'm when i say it was revolutionary and different it was for back in the day when it was first released okay yeah like, modern-day RPGs have borrowed a lot of elements from games like Chrono Trigger. He was the OG that started it all. Yes. He was He was the great granddaddy. Okay. He's the one that went to war and won. <laughs> so you could heal your party and do all the, I, I don't know, quality of life. Well, yeah, the, it had, like, some small quality of life features that just made, like, playing the game a little bit more fun, a little bit more seamless. Like uh, having the ability to uh, heal all your people <laughs> yeah, with the push of a button. You know, like rather than having to go in and individually use an item on each person or cast a spell, uh, go through the menu and cast a spell from one person to one person. I mean, like for those in the know, like sometimes that's just how the game operates, but it is nice if there's like a handy heal all function. Pokemon. And now the newer games, just the newest one, you can heal all your people, all your Pokemon at once pretty much, I believe. Other than going to the Pokemon Center. I don't even know if you can do that now. I know, you can. You have to go by one by one and heal, but they do have an option mm. just to heal from the menu instead of going into your bag, selecting an item, giving it to a Pokemon to heal them with. Now, uh, another thing about uh, Chrono Trigger, uh, talking about the uh, combat system again, is uh, uh, the ATB system, or Active Time Battle System. It's a pretty recurring element in a lot of Square's uh, Final Fantasy series. Uh, games. Yeah. Basically, uh, what it is is that each character has like a little meter that fills up that is like a time bar. 
and essentially what it means that uh, that bar has to fill up for the character to take an action. So the faster it fills up, usually meaning that they have a higher like speed or agility stat, means the more turns that they can take in conjunction to someone else that maybe has a lower stat, so their bar fills less quickly. Okay. So in a sense, it's kind of like real-time combat, but it's not, if that makes sense. It feels like, um, what is it, Nino Kuni had a weird turn-based but not turn-based battle system. I can't really place it, but it, it sounds a little bit like that, but not exactly. Have you ever played that game? Uh, very little. Okay. Oh, uh, I take it back on the special moves, guys. Uh, I did uh, kind of mess that up here, kind of like look through my notes. Just to, to reaffirm, uh, essentially the special abilities or moves that the char- uh, the player characters can utilize are something called techs, uh, basically like short for techniques. Yeah. And uh, they run off of magic points. Now, uh, when certain characters learn certain kinds of moves, they learn... Uh, basically uh, double or triple techs uh, with other characters that essentially amplify the abilities of those moves for greater effect. And again, I'm going to use the example here uh, in the Wikipedia article. Chrono's uh, sword-spinning cyclone tech can be combined with Luca's flame toss to create flame whirl, basically meaning that it adds fire to uh, Chrono's uh, little sword spin. And it makes it to where, uh, on top of dealing physical damage, it also adds fire damage to the attack and increases the range. It's a buff. Yes. Uh, And uh, you can utilize these moves as long as uh, both characters have enough magic points. Uh, Another uh, concept that was uh, not necessarily unique to, but again was uh, notable in Chrono Trigger, was time travel. Uh, Was a distinct gameplay feature. At a certain point in the game, uh, you have access to a uh, hub, I suppose we can call it, that is supposed to be at the end of time. And it has uh, access to these different points that you can travel to all throughout the history of the world. Uh, All the way from, uh, again, the end of time to uh, the quote-unquote post-apocalyptic future, present day, prehistoric times, and uh, ancient times. So you had almost every point in time you could just kind of hop about somehow there's a quote-unquote like proper way to go through and play the game however uh once a certain point is met uh you're able to access uh different times Mm -hmm. so you can to some extent at first you want it wants you to go into kind of like the ancient time from present day to where you're not like prehistoric times and that's when you encounter Frog, a character that you'll eventually have join the party. He's a knight that has been cursed. Uh, you save the uh, current queen of that era in order to be able to save the princess. Uh, spo- spoilers. Who is her descendant <laughs> uh, in the present day. Uh, who accidentally got sucked up in a time warp. Uh, time travel is essentially the cause of everything. The very beginning is uh, you wake up in your bed at your mom's house, very Pokemon-like, and uh, you travel to the next town where uh, you're supposed to meet with your friend Luca, who is a very prominent uh, Bulma type for you uh, Dragon Quest, uh, not Dragon Quest, but Dragon, uh, Ball. Dragon Ball fans out there. Uh, very tech-savvy, always trying to invent things. And uh, she's trying, and she has uh, worked on inventing a teleportation machine, which it actually does work. However, uh, you encounter the princess, who is there in disguise, 
and she has a special pendant that she inherited as being part of the royal family. Well, for some reason, uh, the pendant is made from a special material that resonates with the machine. And rather than opening uh, kind of like a teleportation gate where like it goes from like one point to another, it uh, creates a time gate, as they're called in-game. And she gets sucked into it and gets sent back. I think it's supposed to be like 500 years in the past or something like that. I'm not 100% for sure. That must suck for a techie. Yeah, and uh, but then you're uh, able to like follow, follow her, go back to the past, go back to the future, and then a whole bunch of other stuff uh, ensues. It uh, come to find out that the uh, big bad in the game is essentially a giant uh, bug, oh. space bug, that uh, crash landed on the planet eons ago and uh, has burrowed its way to the Earth's core and has been slowly eating and consuming it. So that way, it think uh, for Final Fantasy fans out there, uh, it's uh, the creature's name is Lavos because it lives there, pretty much. Basically, okay. Uh, it, it definitely has a very lava-like theme, um, but it reminds me very much of like Genova from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, alien creature. Uh, essentially, its only thing is to go from planet to planet and devouring all life energy. That's a very specific job. Which, uh, there's actually uh, 12 endings to the game. Really? That's yes. considerable. Uh, another reason why it was considered kind of revolutionary back in the day. Uh, what ending you get depends on certain choices you make in-game, uh, certain quests, on whether you complete them or leave them incomplete, or how far you actually progress into them, depending on what you do and who you talk to. Uh, and there's even like an option to where uh, you can actually uh, travel to uh, the point in the past where uh, Lavos actually appeared and destroyed the world before uh, you get to the like post-apocalyptic future version of Earth. And uh, kind of like a Breath of the Wild scenario that you can go there and if you're strong enough, you can beat the final boss and then there's the game. A few games have added that in, but that's way older. <laughs> Well, this is in 1995. Yeah. So. You run straight to the final boss. And, uh, like, some other uh, RPG games, uh, you know, it's got the weapon systems uh, for each character. Uh, like, Chrono has swords. The princess has, uh, like, a bow, crossbow. Luca has a gun. Uh, Robo has, like, different kind of, like, arm attachments. Then they've also... Uh, but it's really simple in the sense that they have, uh, like, their weapon... That influences their attack. Then they have uh, a couple of items that they can equip for defensive purposes. And then an accessory that they can equip that usually gives some sort of special added bonus. That usually either is a buff or adds a special effect. Again, if you're someone that plays RPGs, something that you're probably very used to. But again, back in the day, it was just kind of different. Something fun. Customizing your character more than most at the time. Now, uh, another thing uh, about it is uh, that it also uh, was a game that introduced uh, New Game Plus. Really? I, didn't, I thought that was like a modern kind mm -hmm. of idea. No. Uh, you can actually beat the game and then start a new game, and all your characters will have the same level, money, experience, weapons, gear, all that. Oh, take that away. Not money. Okay. When I think of that, I think of Dark Souls. I think it was the first game I ever played of a new game plus that mattered to me, other than Starfield, of course. Hmm. I had no idea they were out like that back then. It's definitely very 
Interesting. Just if you're broke self. But you got your skills and everything, right? Your equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spoilers. You don't even get that in Starfield. You start over, all you keep is your skills. Now, another thing uh, w- with this game was that it also introduced the concept of secret characters that you could add to your party. Uh, again, story spoilers. Uh, there is a character called uh, Magus, or Magus. I'm not sure how... I would say it's Magus. We went over this before, I think, haven't we? It's uh, M-A-G-U-S. Anyway, uh, he's uh, an antagonist for uh, a good part of the game. And there's actually a point later on that depending on how you interact with him and other choices that you make, you can actually find him by himself and uh, talk to him and fight him one last time. And again, depending on your choice that you make, he'll actually join the party. Nothing like turning an enemy into an ally. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, thankfully, he is not one of those kinds of bosses-turned-allies that gets completely nerfed oh, when he joins your side. Yeah. Like, he still pretty much keeps all of his abilities. Uh, I mean, he does get some nerfing, of course. However, if you know how to grind, trust me, it's not that hard to make him one of your top three. He's kind of like a dark elf-looking character. A magey person. Yes. Like, he kind of reminds me of, like, if you took Piccolo, gave him hair, and turned him into, like, a dark elf with a kind of, like, more of, like, a dark gray-blue skin. He looks like a Dragon Ball villain. Dragon Ball mixed up a little bit of what's now known as Castlevania. <laughs> Just a little bit, which it was, again, that uh, era, again, designed by Akira Toriyama. That explains the look. But, I mean, like, it's a lot of fun. I thought you can get a, definitely a nice, you know, few uh, dozen hours of gameplay. You can definitely beat it in a couple of days of dedicated time. But you got New Game Plus. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, that's if you want to try to, like, play through all the way from the very beginning again. Maybe explore different options, talk to people differently, go different places first. Plus, also, too, I mean, think about it. You've got those high levels, that good gear. Why not maybe explore areas that you're a little bit hesitant to earlier in the game? Uh See if maybe there's something different if you go to an area first. I do like the sound of Chrono Trigger more. I mean, I like the art, uh, the, the style of Dragon Quest. I just, like I said, I just never could finish one. I might just look into Chrono Trigger on the phone. I mean, I got all these phones laying around. Why not put one of them to use as a gaming handheld for, ooh, I bet people would love it if we started covering mobile games, wouldn't they? That was a joke. <laughs> people don't like mobile. A lot of people like them, but they are just like shunned in the gaming community at large, I suppose. I will try it just because I know I have easy access to it. Who knows? I might actually finish a JRPG. Can you consider Pokemon a JRPG? Yes. Okay. I like JRPGs a lot. <laughs> Specific ones, especially the Pocket Monster franchise. <laughs> yes. Chim Pokemon, if you ever watch South Park. <laughs> like I said, though, I like to watch people play JRPGs. And I bought, I have the first. Uh, what is the Square Enix other thing? Octopath Traveler mm-hmm. from the Switch. I have that. And I've, I've got a good ways into it, but never finished it, which is a one of my greatest failings, you know, just not finishing certain games. But who doesn't do that? you got a gaming library and just don't finish a lot of them. Oh, I definitely do that. Yeah, I do. I don't do it to most games, but it is JRPGs. I get them because they look so cool. And I feel like, you know what? It's a chill game. Kind of like people play the farming games to chill out some. I would play JRPGs to chill out a bit. And then whenever that mood is over, I'll just kind of stop for a while. Hmm. Pretty much uh, don't really have too, too much else to say about Chrono Trigger, other than I had a lot of fun, a lot of good memories from playing it back in the day on Super Nintendo. And then later on, I think I replayed it again on PlayStation, and then later again <laughs> on uh, Android. Really? Yeah. You actually did the Android thing? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's just one of those that, like, yeah, sometimes it does suck having to, like, buy a game again. 
But, so, I mean, like, I just enjoy the game. I like to see sometimes, like, what kind of changes they had in there because it's on a quote-unquote newer version. Not even so much about bugs or glitches or anything, just see if they've added some extra content. You never know. I buy a lot of games over and over. Yes, we know. Skyrim, uh, especially. Skyrim, I've went to so many. I've never had a copy break, but I bought so many. My original copy of Skyrim got stolen by our friends. <laughs> Literally stolen and sold. Can't really call it a friends. friend. No. Yeah. But they were living at my house at the time. Well, living thieves. Yeah. I stopped that pretty quick. I'll give it a shot on Android or iOS, whichever one I have in my hand when I download it. I really do recommend it, man. I mean, like, it's a lot of fun. And if it's just one of those that you just, like, you know, you read and follow the story. And me, personally, what I like to do, and I think it's kind of fun, and maybe some of our listeners can think of this, too. If you're playing one of those games, like, kind of, like, imagine voices to go along with it. What I like to do is uh, usually, like, imagine some of my favorite streamers and imagine kind of, like, simulating what it would sound like if they were reading it to me. Like if they were doing the Let's Play themselves. I never thought to do that, but it does sound... Well, imagine if you, uh, it was John reading everything off to you. Many a true nerds. Or Daz. Daz. Oh, man, that would make a game wild, wouldn't it? Exactly. I'd love to hear him do this, like the really exclamation mark screaming moments that you see in text-based games or on manga. Mm-hmm. Ah. Just Daz screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah. I could do that. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't have a problem reading stuff, though. I like to read lore in games. One of my advice is, as someone who's played the game many times, take advantage of the battle bot at the very beginning of the game. It's very slow going because you don't gain many experience points at all, but it's like one of those that if you just keep at it, eventually they add up. Uh, for those that have played the original Kingdom Hearts, if you know what I'm getting ready to say, uh, if you decide to spend plenty of time on the beach earning those tech points... So that way you can uh, level up and be a little bit higher, over-leveled at the very beginning of the game. Think the same concept with the battle bot. Except in this instance, it's literally just having the battle over and over again. However, uh, luckily, in the area that you're at, uh, you can exit the screen immediately, which resets the ability to fight him. And also, too, in the next panel over, it's one of those, again, old-school 2D kind of like scrolling screen. Like you go to the edge of the square... Go to the next one, and it loads the next square. Uh, but there's a older gentleman there that will be like, here's some meat. You eat the meat, and it uh, fully restores you. So you can just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, and heal and fight, heal and fight, until you get as strong as you want to, and then move on. Okay, so make good use of the battle bot is your best piece of advice. For the very beginning of the game, yes. Okay. If you want to make the game a little easier early on, if you have the patience to. That's part of that grind, but if I can avoid grinding later on, that's fine with me. Yeah, well, I mean, it just makes it to where the grind isn't as bad later. Yeah, that's the point. Get it over with first. Well, you know that point, like, where you feel like if it's just, like, a level or two difference, you'd be able to win a fight? Yeah. Well, by over-leveling, I feel like 10 or 15 levels at the very beginning of the game. Then as you progress through it, again, it's going to be very breezy at the very beginning. But when the difficulty does start ramping up later on... Uh, the XP that you acquire will still level you up accordingly, um, but you're going to be at a level of strength to where you're not going to get stonewalled as easy. Just not come to a grinding halt like you just said. Exactly. All right. Because I'm sure we've all experienced that point where even though we're good, we've hit a point to where just the numbers are against us. Well, I mean, you could do that in the new Pokemon games with the stronger Pokemon that wander around. Exactly. Like, I mean, like if some can just one hit KO you no matter what you do or try, that's just fact. 
So, like, if you progress too fast and hit a point in the game to where, like, enemies are a little bit too strong for you, you're gonna have to grind, so that way you do become stronger. And that's just how it is. As the Souls community would say, get good. Get good. Run into a wall and then slowly punch your way through it. Yeah, I mean, like, your face might, you know, eventually break, but that wall will too. (laughs) (laughs) It don't heal up in the end. Yeah. It's a wall. I really enjoyed this, seeing as I've heard a bit about this game, but knew nothing about it at the same time. Just that, you know, a couple of reviewers I hear talk about it a lot. They're not talk about it a lot. They'll reference something to it, and I'm thinking, okay, Chrono Trigger again. I mean, like, it's, it's got, like, happy moments, man, sappy, sad. Does it have cheesy? Yes, it's got Good. some cheesy moments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun game, man. Okay. Like, I enjoy it. I, I, mean, like, I like the characters. I like the story. And if you take the time to interact with the world, you'll understand what I mean. I'll let you know at the beginning of this episode if I've gotten very far or if I've been swamped down by something else. Good to hear, man. Again, no rush or anything. I understand how (laughs) schedules are, but when you finally get a chance to, man, like I said, it's a fun game, and it's something that you can easily pick up and drop off again. Okay. Like, Like, you don't have to, like, be obsessed with it to know what's going on. Yeah. If you would like to see us actually play games, now I think this is the last podcast that I can say this on. Starting this episode is coming out on the 23rd of October. 2023 so by the 25th of october i think i will start streaming games on twitch i will have a twitter account set up for gruesome gaming group you can find all the links in the link tree link in our descriptions even if you're on youtube the podcast now, is it going to be twitch or youtube i'm sorry it'll be twitch because i cannot stream from my device without twitch but i can go from twitch to youtube after the episode is done gotcha Sorry to interrupt, Ramey. No, no, no. It's perfectly good because I keep talking about wanting to do it on YouTube and then I found that I couldn't because I have an Xbox and I have a Mac. So I can't really stream a game from my Mac. Not worth it. I'll work on getting another gaming PC, I guess, even though I don't want to. And then I can do that better. We can go straight to YouTube and Twitch. But as it is, it'll be on Twitch. I'll leave a link to the Twitch channel in the Linktree links list as well as all of our other links in there. Socials, if you want to get a hold of us, the Twitter account or the X account or whatever is the best way to reach out. Or if you really like TikTok, I guess you could message me on TikTok too. I run most of the social media accounts. And if you need to talk to anybody else, my sister Beth, also on the podcasting group, if you want to talk to her or Dakota, just reach out to me and I will move it on along to them. And that's how that'll work out. We also, speaking of my sister, we have two other podcasts. One's called Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I talk about tabletop role-playing games with my sister. And, well, I mainly just tell her about one each week, and she tells me if she would play it and her thoughts on it at the end of the episode. And we have Horrific History and Hauntings that she uh, tells me about Horrific History and Hauntings. It's exactly what it says. We're trying to do a spooky thing for October. I don't know what she's got planned for November. Something to do with turkeys, presumably. I'd recommend listening to it. It can be kind of funny, even if it is bad stuff. Would you feel like starting to do some video podcasts if you have the means to do so? I mean, like, yeah, man. I mean, like, I'm down for new content, just seeing, like, what works and what don't work. Okay. I don't know. I think I'll play Starfield. I'll start Starfield from scratch, unless you all reach out to me, because this episode will drop a few days before I do it. If you want to reach out to me through Twitter or any other social thing that's in the link tree, you can tell me what you would like me to play. I would put a poll up, but I have no idea what people want to see. But I want to start with Starfield unless somebody convinces me otherwise. Subscribe. Leave a like if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, leave a review if you can. Thank you. If you go to the main website in the link tree, the top link, it will let you uh, subscribe through any podcast player you want. It also lets you donate to any of the podcasts on there if you like. All three of them are part of the Gruesome Gaming Group. 
If you see G2G on stuff and it's in green letters, that is all of our podcasts. Next episode, I also think it's my turn. I'm pretty sure I'll talk about my meta quest three. I got a quest three and I want to talk about some of the fun games I've been playing. Sounds like a good time, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. I've been Ramey. And this has been Dakota. And we have been Leveling Duo. Logging off. Logging off. <laughs>